This is Marcia Stonehill with Melt the Ice. Today I have with me Verlin Tarleton. I had the privilege of meeting Verlin about a year ago at a NAACP event for Martin Luther King Day here in King George, Virginia. And when we met each other, when we first saw each other, we both felt like we had met at a different place and time somewhere, but we still haven't figured that one out. <laughs> But I'm very excited for you to have the opportunity to learn from Verlin today. She's written some amazing books, and I'm going to turn this over to her and let her share everything she's sharing with the world. Okay, thank you, Marsha. And yes, I am still trying to figure out where we met <laughs> before, because I remember when I first walked into that event, and I was like, I know her from somewhere, but I couldn't figure it out. But anyway, whatever it is, I'm glad we were able to reconnect. Yes. And um, first of all, thank you for having me here and um, giving me this opportunity to share the books that I've written and some of the few things that I've accomplished, you know, down through the years. Um, my book series is called Swift Walker, and it's a children's book series of three books. The first one I wrote is called Swift Walker, A Continental Journey. And I have to share how that happened. Um, my children and myself and my husband were driving in a van one day and we were just, you know, making some errands. And I asked him, I said, what would happen if you started walking out of your house and your feet just kept walking, you know? And they thought it was so funny and they were younger because this has been maybe six years ago. And they thought it was funny. I said, suppose you just kept walking out of our yard. And it will happen if you walk right out of Virginia. And then you walk <laughs> right into another state, you know. And long story short, from there, they said, oh, you should, that, you should write a book about that. And so I did. I sat down maybe a year later. And I kind of put some thoughts together in some places. And I came up with the name of Swift because it meant, you know, doing something fast. And that he loved to walk. And he turned out to be the little boy who loved to walk fast. So we called him Swift Walker. And one of the first things he did, he walked around the whole world. He went to Africa and he visited Europe. And in each continent, he visited different places and he saw different things or different types of animals. And um, that, that was the first of the series where he literally just walked around the world. So while it is a fiction account, the geography in, is, in it is real. You know, he visited real places and he saw real tree frogs and things like that. And so after that, um, I came up with the next book, which was he visited the oceans and he walked around the oceans. And of course, again, that's fictional but the oceans are real. And mm -hmm. then the third one, he literally, he just got to walking and he walked right into outer space. Okay. <laughs> so he visits all the planets. So that's the premise, fictional accounts, but real places so that a child can learn, you know, real places and real events and real things, but it was put in a fun fictional form. So it's, they're written from children like kindergarten, through about the third grade, I would say. Okay, mm -hmm. very good. Now, I thought, maybe I misunderstood, that this was also inspired somewhat by a journey that you took with your family in an RV. Mm -hmm. Kind of the opposite way. You know how they say art mimics life or life. I had written a book 
the books first <clears throat> and then um, we got in our RV and we took a trip around the country. And so, you know, they thought it was kind of interesting. It all kind of dawned on us that, you know, wow, we're doing the same thing. You know, we're going in an RV where he was walking. But so, yeah, um, during that time, I was actually doing giveaways. And so when we would go to each state, if we would be in a Pizza Hut or we would be in a Food Lion or Walmart or whatever, we would find someone and I would explain that we were traveling and uh, I would make sure they had a child, you know, and we would do a book giveaway and we would take pictures and things like that. So, yep, it, the book came and then we went and took a two-year road trip. So it sounds like this could be a very educational resource for mm -hmm. parents to use and even for school teachers mm -hmm. to use for younger age groups, like you mm -hmm. said, K through three. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> and it's available on Amazon, mm -hmm. right? It's on Amazon, and the publishing company is called Plum Street Press Books. Plum Street Press Books. Um, plum like the purple fruit you eat. Right. Plum Street Press Books, yeah, dot com. Do you also have a website? I do them? not. Okay. Oh, um, yeah. Plum Street has one. Yes. Yes. But okay. I don't have a personal one right now. I'm kind of working on it. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking that I had seen one because there's several articles are written mm -hmm. around I had this, one. too. Uh, it's a heartbreaking, crushing story that I had um, a blog because the reason I was traveling, I was blogging. You know, I was doing a constant blog, especially of the giveaways. Um, I did lots of appearances where I did book signings and I do public speaking and I did some public speaking while we were on the road and there was a miscommunication with my web person or whatever right. and uh, my website got taken down oh, and I didn't okay. even know it until I was telling someone to go to my blog and so it's just one of those really unfortunate things and so I have not been able to, I just haven't rebuilt it yet. I would really have to put, it was like six years of writing on my blog that I lost. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was very heartbreaking. But, I... you know, you rebound. I have <clears throat> I still have all my pictures. And I think um the person did send me a file. So I have probably lots of stuff in this file. I just haven't um unzipped it all gotcha. to see. So if I really wanted to sit down I guess I could initiate the blog again. But um No are there still opportunities for you to speak if somebody listens to this podcast and yeah. would like to get in touch mm -hmm. with you to invite you to speak about yes. Swift Walker and about your RV experience? Yep. That would still be a possibility. And so they could get in touch with you through this website, mm -hmm. through the Melfi Ice website. Absolutely. I um, the last My last speaking engagement was actually January. Of this year before everything before COVID yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I was in Washington DC which is where I'm a native mm -hmm. and so um, I had a school contact me when they found out I was a native Washingtonian and so yeah January of this year was my last speaking engagement okay yeah well hopefully we can get you back out there because yeah. it's I know that you have a lot of very interesting experiences that would be very important for people to hear about and learn from. Uh, would you be interested in sharing any more about the the RV adventure outside of the reason why you took your children on this trip and the places that you went and mm -hmm. and what you wanted to expose them to to be sure that they learned? Mm -hmm. I am also a homeschool mom and um, 
one of the reasons why my husband and I chose to homeschool is because we wanted our children to get more of an educated uh, education that we would create. You know, we wanted to teach certain things that we felt would not be taught in mainstream schools. Mm -hmm. And so um, in addition to being self-sustaining, something that's really important to us, we wanted our children to learn about our history from our perspective. And here, um, as an African-American or a black person, we knew that if we wanted them to learn the things that we wanted them to learn, the things that would um, help them understand the things that we accomplished more in this country, that we would have to take that into our own hands. Right. And so um, what we did... <clears throat> We got in our RV and we plotted out different states to go to and we visited different sites, black historic sites. Um, we learned about um, different black people or African-Americans and what they've accomplished in this country. The bottom line is we wanted to unteach the whole, our whole narrative starts from slavery. And this is what we were enslaved. We came to this country and then here we are. Right. And so to teach history from a different perspective and to show them, okay, this person did this. Sometimes I would find a person that we had already learned about in homeschool. And then once we hit the road, I would find out, okay, where can we learn about this? Like I taught them about who Megger Evers was. And one of the things when we knew we were going to go to Alabama, it wasn't Mississippi, let me think, I think Alabama. Okay. And we said, okay, let's see how close we can get to, you know, his house. And so a lot of places we went, we already learned either from a book or I would find some kind of resource, um, primarily the library. And then we would go on the road and we would try to find where this person was in the state while we knew we would be there a month or three weeks or whatever. And so like we visited Megra Evers' home. Um, we learned about Reverend Daniel Williams, who actually took a lot of young fellas who were like during the Great Depression, who were sleeping in the street and in boxcars. He brought them in and he started an orphanage in South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then he made them all learn how to play instruments. He was really into brass instruments. And so they started a band mm -hmm. um, and they would play the trumpets and they would do these dances and things like this from, well, in Charleston, South Carolina. And so all these years when I would see people doing the Charleston, I didn't know that that was the history behind it, be behind all these, behind this dance that these young fellas who had been orphaned had been, you know, playing in the streets and then they would do the dance and then the people in Charleston would do the same dance. And so that's kind of how the name the Charleston came about for that dance. And so we had read that book. So we knew we were going to South Carolina. Mm -hmm. I actually found the orphanage <clears throat> oh, and wow. we were able to go there. And it's not the same because then it was for all boys. I think it's girls now, whatever, but we were able to talk to a historian. We were able to see the actual site. And so this was just the kind of education that we knew they wouldn't get in mainstream, not knocking it, but just being realistic. Absolutely. And so um, that's what we did. Like every state we went to, we tried to find or we found 
either a historic landmark like Rosa Parks, we were able to go and read the plaque where she stood at the bus stop and they had the Rosa Parks Museum. And Mm -hmm. so it was just really life changing. And of course, you know, we looked at other things. We looked at the majestic mountains in New Mexico and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the things that you would typically see in a book. Right. It was live, you know, to actually see mountains versus reading about the mountains and right. see how tall they were and to learn about the different elevations and how it even affected how you cook. I mean, it was just like a life changing story. I mean, you know, yeah, it did change, just change our narrative. Yes. And um, it also allowed us to meet people from all walks of life and all different ages. So our children were able to communicate on levels of not just, well, I'm eight, you know, they were able to talk to 18 year olds, 80 year olds, you know, from different countries. We made a really good friendship. We're still friends with, um, a lady, Miss Hilda is from Argentina. Okay. And like they would have conversations where she taught them the things that they did, that she did at their age, you know, in their culture. So it was really amazing. You know, my children, Whatever age they were, they could talk to somebody younger than them or much older than them. You know, so those are some of the things that you just can't learn in a classroom in those four walls. And so. So true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it was amazing. What a beautiful learning opportunity. And I know oftentimes I will hear people minimize the benefits of traveling mm-hmm. or having conversations with different age groups or different people from different places. And so I really appreciate what you're validating to be a very rich experience, you know. And some people might um, be feel personally discouraged about the ability to travel because of the expense of it. Of course, right now, COVID mm-hmm. impedes that, but let's talk about just in general, you know, uh, that there are ways to travel and learn without having to spend a lot of money, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> A couple of things. Uh, one one thing that we did, we had friends, and we were able to hook our RV up. You know, if you have somebody who's uh, <laughs> doesn't mind you sharing water and right. electricity, right? You know, you just you might want to just start out like that, right? You know, um, we first started out. We went for a weekend, I think. Right. We just did some trial. We had planned to do this years before we actually did it okay and so um we actually went to like a park for a weekend and i don't remember how much it was maybe 50 bucks a night something like that where you get your water uh your electricity and sewage and we started out small we went for a weekend Mm -hmm. and we were like okay you know we can we can do this you know and i think the next trip we took was seven days and we, we were still in the state of Virginia, so uh-huh. we didn't even go way, way out. Um, we stayed for about a week, and I don't recall what it was, but we just called around to parks that were affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, we went and visited Maryland and Delaware first, and we just got some cheap hotels, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you right, know, yeah. and... Then we visited places, but when we finally decided to actually like live in the RV, um, I don't know if they're still doing this because everything has changed, you right. know, but they had hosting programs and um, in exchange for 
helping with the grounds, rake, um, clean bathrooms, mow the lawn, and just help people in general, you can actually exchange your service for a place to stay. Wow. And so if you went to a state park, if you wanted to stay two months, you volunteer for two months. And again, I don't know if this is still the case right. because it's been about two or three years and plus COVID. And so we were able to map out a plan and then the next park we wanted to go to or the next area, we would just call the parks and find out what parks were open to hosting because mm -hmm. that's what it was called. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was a great opportunity because all of us worked or did whatever, you know, we all would clean, you know, the girls' bathroom, the girls did it, the guys did the guys' bathroom. Um, we cleaned out the um, fire pits. And so, you know, it was a, also a working experience and showing the children how to barter, you know, how right. if you don't have money, you can always trade your skill and labor, you know, for whatever else for a living. Yes. And so, um, you know, they were responsible. <clears throat> they had to rake leaves and, and clean bathrooms. And, um, you know, we had to answer questions for people who were coming to the park, you know, whether it was how do we get to here, you know, where where is this event being held? So, you know, we had maps of the park and event sheets and, you know, overall problems if someone said, well, um, our electricity stopped working, you know, we called the office and okay. had someone come out. And so, you know, it was really fun. It was a family event and we worked together so that we can travel for free. Very good. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that information and giving those tidbits to others. To what I'm hearing you say is, it, it, you know, think outside the box mm -hmm. and and don't assume you can't do it. Look for ways that you can mm -hmm. do it and start small. And start small. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Start small. So, um, Verlin, you have written also a couple of other books, mm -hmm. too. Do you want to share about those in sure. this particular podcast? Uh, sure. I'll just give a quick um, synopsis. Um, I take, my husband and I take education very seriously. We also take hard work very seriously. We think yes. that you have to have both. You have to work hard and you have to work smart. And so one of the things in... Um, with homeschool is teaching wisdom and teaching life skills and teaching self-sustainability because you know you know you won't as a parent be around forever and you want your children to be successful and you want them to be um, you know a positive contribution and to be able to raise children how to do the same and so one of the books my last no, my recent book um, is called Wisdom for Children, and it's a book that's written very simply mm -hmm. so that there are points that you can actually teach on, like uh, there's a business, I mean, yeah, there's a financial section, and it talks about money, and it talks about investing in assets versus liabilities. Mm -hmm. So it may just be a bullet point, but what it is, it's an opportunity. It's called words of wisdom because each little bullet point is like a word of wisdom. So you can take that bullet point, you can put it on your board, you know, uh -huh. and you can say assets versus liability or invest in assets, not liabilities. Okay. And so then what I may do is take a week <clears throat> and for a few minutes a day, we talk about what does it mean to invest in assets 
What is an asset? What's a liability? What what does it mean to invest? You know, because investing and spending money are not necessarily the same thing. You know, right. you can spend money and waste, but when you're investing, that's something that's going to give you something in return. Right. And so with this book, that's basically it. It's sharing on a very basic level so that a child can understand things that they need to learn to be successful in life. So it's different, you know, from my other books because those are written, you know, in, in fiction form and beautiful art, you know, really right. bright pictures where this one is more or less, it's not like a workbook, but it's a regular book for like you can give your teenager a reading assignment and they can learn a lot. When I hear you talk about this book, I, I'm thinking about all the therapists that might be able to use this as a resource or and parents, like you said, that can use this as a resource to teach their young teenagers and children how to think about how to develop these skills that help mm -hmm. us survive mm -hmm. uh, the challenges that we come into, you know, just with the daily responsibilities and tasks and, and needs. Mm -hmm that we have. Um, and then like you're saying, when I reflect on Swift Walker, I think about a book that's entertaining mm -hmm. to read for children to hear and mm -hmm. have read to them or to be able to read aloud themselves. But it's also teaching them about things that they're not necessarily exposed to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It takes them on a journey you know yes. that they may never be able to make you know going yes. around the world and that's what it is yeah. and, and this sounds a little funny or whatever because it is for children but one of the things when I was on the road that I would talk about when I would give these talks and things like that and book signings was Swift Walker wasn't just about the journey that he took you know around the world you know because of course it was fiction but it was a it was also a journey to where he found himself you know, he, okay. he found himself, you yes. know, because in the first book, he talks about, you know, he's going to slow down a little bit, you know, and be able to see things. Yes. And so it's, it's kind of like a journey of, of finding yourself as well, you know, for a little person. So, so. it's like character development mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. a story, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, yep. recognizing what matters in life. Mm -hmm. and, and it's positive. Um, one of the other reasons <clears throat> I wrote that series, I know we're going backwards, but um, it's okay. It's because I wanted to find a find. I wanted my children to find a book or books with positive images that look like them where it was just like children being children. No oppression, depression, you know, yes. none of that. Just a fun book where a child can be a child yes. and have fun and learn. And I just wanted to be very light, you know, yes. happy. And so um, that's what it's about. You know, a little boy who's just having fun. You know, and yeah. walking around making all these discoveries about life and the oceans and about space. And then, you know, he goes back to his his family, yeah. you know, and it's so funny because we just recently got a dog this summer and we hadn't thought about it. But my children brought this. They said, our dog looks just like Swift Walker's dog. <laughs> and I looked, I was like, wow, who knew? But it's really comical. Uh, how you about know? that? Mm -hmm. Our current dog looks like this dog. And I wrote this book five years ago I think five or six years ago so you couldn't have planned that if you couldn't tried no nope, it looks just like 
it's it's fun how things like that happen, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And taking yeah. a trip too, you know. Yes. Even though yeah. we didn't walk around the world, right? You know, we just drove around the country. <laughs> Well, I really value and appreciate and want to emphasize, too, what you're trying to create for society, for our nation, as we grow and progress in our awareness and our ability to talk about and have the uncomfortable conversations about um, the things that are not available for black children, African-American children. You know, you've used both distinctions. so I really, what I'm hearing you say is there's a lot more that we need to do mm-hmm. yeah. and that we can do and to build things up positively mm-hmm. and to raise uh, the educational awareness about so much more mm-hmm. about what has happened even historically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um that that was an issue. I have two older children that are grown and they, well, my one daughter has children of her own. And years ago, I recognized this uh, disparity because if I went to the store to buy a book or I went to the library to get books uh, for my daughter, who now has three daughters, um, I had a hard time finding books that look like her, you know, yes. that look like me. Um and so I would literally, and she she still has these books. It's so funny. I would literally, if it was like a really good storyline, I would get the book, but I would go home and take crayons and markers and color the skin in because I wanted her to get a visual yes. you know, of characters that look like her yes. because it was millions of books about, you know, all other races. Right. But it was, you would be hard pressed to find a really good book. Right. You know. For a three or four year old that showed her, yes. you know, with with uh, bushy hair or brown skin, yes. and so on, I would literally buy the book, not wanting to, but buy, buying it because I had a really, you know, a real addiction to books. So I would <laughs> buy it, and I would have to take time out and get p- pencils and color it in. And um, at that time, I was younger, and so you know, I wasn't into well, you know, hmm, here's a problem. How can I solve this? It was just like. For me, solving it meant when I got it for my son, I had to do the same thing. I colored everything. Right. And um, this go around and a little bit of wisdom later, you know, it occurred to me as a writer, maybe I can do something, you know, because I have twin boys and same issue, hard pressed to find books that were not talking about slavery running from slavery, getting caught, put in slavery, or just, you know, always the narrative that we were, as I said, either depressed, oppressed, suppressed, repressed. I mean, you know, it was just like, can't black boys just be happy? Right. Does someone have to get shot and sell drugs and go to jail? It was just like, it almost, as a parent, it's just very disturbing. Sure, And it's just like, come on you know so I would find a book and it was always okay well I'm and I'm not making light of bullying but it's like isn't there something out there where you can just be a child yes and so when my children laughed when I started talking about this little well I talked about them just walking and walking and not being able to stop you know I sat down with another friend of mine at the time and I was like I'm going to do this book and she was like you should do it you know and um her name was Fern Lafergia 
And uh, she really encouraged me to do it. And that's what I said. I'm going to write a book about a little brown boy with bushy curly hair. And he's just going to be happy. And he has a mom and a dad, you know, and he has a home and he's happy and he's just walking around making discoveries. Yes. You know, and being a little boy. And so that's primarily how that was birthed, thinking about my own sons. You know, my other son is grown and they understand that value, you know, about the visual and the positive that you need to see reflected. And so I wrote this again so my sons and other you know, brown boys could have a book that was really positive and at the same time um, teaching real geography skills and, you know, what's going on in space. It talks about how he has to flip over a meteor, you know, things like that. Some boys like, you know, moving around and jumping and stuff and he has on a space suit and all of that. And so that was my thing. I was hoping that just like I had a problem with it, that another parent who had a problem would be able to find a solution, at least find three books. There you, <laughs> you go. Know, That's where right. they can say, hey, this is a really great book. And I had such positive, again, thinking about my blog is heartbreaking, but I had such positive responses. Like I had parents who would reach me um, either through Amazon or through my publishing company who would have ordered books and they would um, send me messages and send me pictures with their little boy saying, um, oh, this boy looks just like me, you know, because they had hair. I had one lady for career day. She sent me a picture of her son and he was dressed up in an astronaut and had the Swift Walker and space book. So it was very, it was just like, wow, it just makes you smile, you know, to see that parents felt like I did, you know, that yes. these little boys were looking at these books and saying, oh, he looks just like me. Yes. You know, even my sons, it was funny. They said, is this us? It kind of looks like us, you know, right. and it was like, well, you know, I had you in, in mind, yes. you know, and so that's the thing. I just really want to put something out there positive. And of course, anybody can read it. I've been all over the of country course. promoting yeah. it, but the thing behind it was to give us something positive and light that little boys can enjoy and still learn you can have fun and learn yes thank you so much for taking that extra step and putting that out there and I don't know if you intended or if you're you know for the conversation to go in this direction but what I'm thinking is you know, to build off of what you're saying and to make this podcast fully educational in this regard. I mean, this is what we're talking about. This is what, uh, I guess, the implicit bias, the blind spots that white people don't have. We wouldn't think of these things because everything that we go to purchase or most of the things that we go to purchase, it does look like us, whether it's advertisements or like in storybooks or Hallmark cards or whatever it might be. So uh, I really appreciate that you're speaking about this so that we can uh, think outside of our own boxes. Mm-hmm. We p- white people think outside of our own boxes and recognize um, the, the, the steps that need to be taken to continue to expand opportunities and awareness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Absolutely. And um, the other thing that I learned, because, you know, you could find the books 
But then the other issue was it was hard to find authors that look like them. And so even if you had a book that had a little pretty little brown girl or a little brown boy, it was seldom that you found an author. And that was one of the things when I went to different schools that I talked about, not just the book, but, you know, what it was like to be an author. Um, lots of people write little children, you know, they write and they always write in poetry and stories. And so it was to encourage them, you know, hey, if you have an idea, you know, this is the step that you can do. These are the steps that you can take. And so it was kind of twofold to be a black woman and to write books, you know, for, for brown children, because they did not always see authors that were brown. So when I went to school sometimes and the person would say, oh, they were such and such, Berlin Tarleton, you know, author. And they were like, wow. Right. You know, it's like to them, that was a big deal. You know, like a real author with a real book, you know, right. Because they not, they had not been exposed, you know, to authors who were brown. And so that's another you know well and that's true as far as any field too just any dream whether Mm -hmm. it's to be an author author or an actress or a lawyer Mm -hmm. or a physician or a nurse or Mm -hmm. anything right contractor you know owning your own business is building your dream Mm -hmm. you know not letting anything in society make you think you can't do what you what is in you to do Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they got a kick out of that. Good. And that was a good thing to, you know, m- be a role model. Yes. You know, in that regard. Yes. Yeah. So, um, are there any final words you would like to share with our listeners? Well, during this time, you know, when we're in these challenging times, I think this is a good opportunity to do more reading and to do more um, connecting, you know, if you will, and to do more um, learning in nature. You know, I know everyone has electronic gadgets, but, you know, it's nice to pick up a book sometimes and just hear pages turn, you know, and hear it and and feel it. And so that, that would be definitely something that I would encourage, you know, with our children, they need to be able to read and not just, you know, stare at a device all day, but to actually pick up a book and read along with writing, you know, like write something every day, even if it's just a paragraph. Um, Sometimes I just make my children copy stuff, you know, just copy a paragraph get the grammar right, make sure the periods are there, but to take this challenging time and, you know, push our children into the direction of more reading and, and more writing and just discovering yes. themselves and, and just hearing their own thoughts, you know, for a change and maybe writing them down. But yeah, taking that time to actually read real books and and write real things with real pencils. Yeah, <laughs> I know everything is typed and talk. Right. Uh, okay, Google, you know. Right, right. But like use your fingers and write stuff and paint stuff and you know that's that's like something that's really, I think, important that we don't just lose all together yes. with our children. Yes. Berlin, thank you so much for being here with us today and for everything that you have shared and that you've put out 
out there for people to be able to use for their own learning and to use as resources for uh, people in their lives. So I want to remind our listeners again, it's Verlyn Tarleton. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her books are on Amazon. Yes. So, and if you do want to try to get in touch with her at this time, um, you can contact her through the Melt the Ice resource, or do you That's have... Fine. A, That's okay. fine. Do you and have a public... I have a Gmail. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to share that? Um, go swiftwalker at gmail.com. So G-O, and then Swift, S-W-I-F-T, and Walker, W-A-L-K-E-R, at gmail.com. Go swiftwalker at gmail.com. So contact Berlin directly mm-hmm. at goswiftwalker at gmail.com. I wasn't sure if you had a public mm-hmm. site. So, yeah, that is the way to get to Berlin directly. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Marsha.